Duke Energy says the best way to avoid billing surprises is to track your use. Duke Energy customers who have a smart meter can sign up for a usage alert. Similar to data alerts you get from your cell phone company, a budget can be set for the amount of your monthly energy bill and receive notices when you're approaching your limit. Residential customer service specialists are available Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. by calling 1-800-521-2232. Duke Energy presents Stage and Stuff. Promoting arts and entertainment in and around Hendricks County. Interviews conducted by Peg Glover and Deanna Hinesley. With commentary by Amy Scott and Shane Ray. Hi, I'm Deanna Hinesley and I'm here today with my friend Peg Glover and we're going to talk about stage and stuff. That's what we like to talk about each time, isn't it, Peg? It sure is. We always love to, to look at theater and all the other different kinds of arts that are going around Hendricks County and Indianapolis at large. Yes, yes, everything that's of interest to us. You know, today uh, we have as our guest Aaron Hurt, who's the new executive director of Butler's Arts Center. Um, and I know Butler's Arts Center, uh, Clues Hall. I've been there many times, my husband and I have attended lots of performances there and always enjoyed it. And actually, last month on our show, Shane talked about going to see the King and I at uh, Clues Hall and had great things to say about it. You know, Clues Hall always does present some of the best performances, I think, in Indianapolis. And what a great venue. I don't think there's a bad seat in the house. I, I don't recall exactly how many seats, but I've been in that theater as well many times, and there just isn't a bad seat in the house. I think you're right. It's a great place wherever you sit. So, Aaron, welcome to our show. We're glad to have you here today. Thank you both for having me. This is exciting. Good. And you are new to your new position, to this position as Executive Director of Butler Arts Center, right? Yeah, I've only been in it since August, um, so about nine months or so. So it's okay. pretty fresh. Good. Well, what, what does that title mean, Executive Director of Butler Arts Center? What does that mean? Yeah, it's kind of a big old thing, isn't it? Um, so about three years ago or so, we combined all the campus venues at Butler University into one complex, which we call the Butler Arts Center. Um, so the crown jewel of that being Clues Memorial Hall. Um, we also have a 450-seater um, auditorium called the Schrott Center for the Arts. Uh, we have a 100-seat black box theater as well as a 150-seat recital hall. So all four of those together create the Butler Arts Center. Ah. Yeah. Well, that's a lot going on there, isn't it? Yeah, we've got about 1,000 <laughs> events a year, so it's, it's pretty busy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I understand that you have some uh, family history at Clues Hall. Is that right? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, so my grandfather actually was one of the first stagehands to work in the space. He hung the original curtain in Clues Hall. Wow. Um, and my dad's first job ever uh, was actually as a stagehand for a couple of days to sweep in the stage, basically. Um, so every time you know, he gets his Social Security check, it, it shows you like where, where you work. He's like, oh, see, I was there. I was at Clues Hall. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Yeah, I understand Clues Hall opened in 1963. Correct, Is yeah. that correct? And uh, your grandfather was, what was his name? Uh, Donald Hurt. Donald Hurt. Yeah, How we exciting. Actually, yeah, we found uh, his actual pay stub from that whole week. Oh, you did Yeah, know. so it was, it was in October of 1963 when we opened, and it was a big to-do. Um, so it was a three-day-long festival, essentially. Different shows, Bob Hope came. You know, there was, it, was, it was very busy. Um, so we found his pay stubs through that week and then the weeks leading up to it. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, and I was reading a little bit of your background right before we um, went on air, and I noticed that you found an, a piece of Art Deco from 1963, a painting. Could you tell us a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah, it's pretty cool. So when they were doing the opening uh, plans of the building, they had all these uh, paintings commissioned. 
uh, for the, what the building would look like, kind of like what we do, like design reps for new buildings, right? Um, so we found one, and um, so it's in, in my office now, so it's pretty cool. It's like a reminder, like, that's the past. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Well, you know, I was thinking about uh, lots of people don't know where their life is going. A lot of people go to college, and even up into that last year, don't know where their life is going. But during college, you knew, didn't you? I had a good idea. Yeah, uh, I knew mm-hmm. I wanted to do something with events. Um, I, that's the part I liked the most. Um, so I was working in college with the Indianapolis Children's Choir, um, helping with their rehearsals and things. Um, and then after college, I for a year I went into development with the Arts Council of Indianapolis. It really wasn't for me. Um, the idea of asking people for money wasn't something that thrilled me more like I want to be part of the arts, the other, other side of it. Right. Um, so the children's choir called me up and they had an opportunity to start, um, full time as their, essentially their production manager to help run their events. So actually taking in the bookings, planning them. So smaller scale from what I do now, but it was a nice way to go into that gap. I did that for two years. Um, then I moved on to grad school in Chicago and worked for the Chicago Children's Choir for about two years. Oh. And then while I was up there, um, they were building the Schrott Center, and they called me up. So, you know, we got this opening. Do you want to come back down? We think you'd be a great assistant manager. Yes, I do. That'd be great. And then I just moved up pretty quick ever since. So it's really cool. I read that the Schrott opened in 2013. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I have never been to that venue. Oh, no. So could you tell us a little bit about it? How many yeah. seats? Yes. It's a proscenium stage. What? Yeah. Tell us about the Schrott. So it's the exact same size stage as Clues Hall, which is crazy oh, to think. So Clues, we have 2178 for our seating capacity. Wait a minute. 2178 for Clues or 21 for, for, for Schrott? For Clues. For Clues. Okay. Um, so big stage, big auditorium, right? Um, Schrott's the exact same size stage. Actually, it's a foot wider. Uh, but wow. same performance area as Clues but only 476 seats. So imagine taking a movie theater audience chamber, put it up against the Clues Hall uh, stage. It's remarkable. Um, we intentionally did this because Butler is the number three dance school in the country. So yeah, the Jordan if, School of Music does have an amazing dance program. Yeah. yeah, so if we have these great dancers, we want to make sure that they can perform with the same experience in both venues. So that way, dance floor, everything equipment-wise is transferable between both stages. If brilliant. Needed. Yeah, That is brilliant. Yeah, they really did, they did their homework on it well. That is really, really exciting. So is it a proscenium stage then, or is it an adjustable stage? It's a a proscenium, uh, full fly house. Um, We're not as tall. Do you get any thrust with that, any kind of thrust? We we have a, um, yeah, it's, I want to say 12-foot thrust, similar to Mm -hmm. um, Clues, uh, but it's a manual pit for the thrust. I was going to ask about the orchestra yeah. pit next. Yeah, yeah. So it's not automatic like we have at Clues, but it is it is movable. Um, but it's the one thing we don't do a whole lot just because it takes a little time. I kind of ask those questions because it really dictates on the types of performers and performances Correct. that you can book there. It sure does. Um, and one thing too is. The neat thing about the Schrott is almost entirely student-run. We have three Butler staff members, and the rest is all students. So there's a few things we don't let students do, and that's like move the pit. These are heavy, heavy pieces of flooring, about 300 pounds or so each. So that's one thing we just don't. We don't want. There's not. There's not worth the risk, right? Um, so we bring in Union stagehands to actually move that pit over in Schrott. Um, I would suspect that you're required to do that. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, I think it's the right it's thing to do. Rules that you have to do. That. It's the right thing to do. And we are. Um, so we are a Union Stage campus because of Clues, mm-hmm. uh, and that kind contract covers Shroud as well. Um, so we actually were able to negotiate the contract with the local to let this have student employees, um, knowing that they'd be learning firsthand um, from professionals. And the cool thing is we've actually had quite a few of them join the stagehand union because of this relationship. That's pretty exciting. So are you telling me that the students actually do hands-on work there? They're more from not from the management perspective so much as it is the do works C- perspective. Correct. Yeah. So um, we're the second largest student employer at Butler's campus. 
Um, so I think we're right at 200 student employees right now. That's amazing. Yeah. So they work front of house and back of house. So they work ushers and ushering in all four spaces. They work stagehands in all four spaces. Um, now, the quality, not quality, the quantity of the work they do in each space determines on the show. So Clues is mainly almost entirely union stagehands and maybe like one or two of the very top students, right, for on the stagehand side. Um, then Schrott's kind of the next step down where we try to blend this as much as we can. If we have someone coming in to rent the space, like the Indianapolis Chamber Orchestra has their house has their shows there we'll do a hybrid of half union stage hands half student workers so these students are now working side by side with a stage hand that just rigged taylor swift down at lucas oil the night before or something like that so there's you know their minds will explode when they talk about it um, but sure. they're, they're realizing that hey this is a real career i can get i can make a living out of this and i'm learning someone that's doing it do you recruit these students from basic theater majors or arts administration majors yeah it's kind of across the board um so we we like to get the jca students as much as we can um because they're the ones that are really going home about this um but we need a lot of student workers too. So we, we open up to anyone on campus. Um, we get a lot of pharmacy majors for some reason. I don't know why. Pharmacy? Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't know why, but we do. It must be um, that science connection yeah. between the science mind and, ah, and the artistic yeah, mind. Exactly. So we did quite a few of those. Um, and so then continuing on down the scale, that's Schrott. Um, then if you go to the recital hall, it's entirely student run. So they do all of the recording. They do all the stage sets. They do all the front of house. There's minimal oversight from um, the Butler staff side, but we try to let that. That's if they're going to mess up. This is where they have a chance to, to do that in a safe environment. And then the performances are their peers too. So they better not mess up because they have to talk to that friend the next day in class, right? Um, but this way they get it. They have this great way to transition up between the venues. It's pretty cool. What great experience for those those students, right? It's awesome. Uh-huh. I keep I, thinking because I'm, I'm a Butler alum. Like, what would I have wanted as a student when I was here? So this is one thing. Right off the bat when we got struck going is like we have to be student focused on across the board not just programming wise but on the actual experience for employment too and so um we record everything that happens in the space so say uh, our dance department's in there and they're doing a piece we're going to record that and a student's going to do that video recording and sound recording and then we're going to keep that and if that dancer becomes the next prima ballerina for the new york whatever we have that archive recording um so it's that's pretty cool brilliant too yeah that and that's done mm-hmm. by a student so it's 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 all it's it's great that like the pierce energy we're creating is, is huge yeah. you know i would assume that some um some high school graduates choose to come to butler purely for that experience i would think so um there aren't many places that i know of in the country that have four venues like this that with this opportunity to work this hands-on um so i i I would think i don't know why they wouldn't it's a it's a great opportunity it is yeah yeah well of all those students um do you know of some who have gone on to do other things that have been interesting that you know about um, from the technical side, yeah, for sure. Uh, our current actual production manager in the shop, one of our three full-time staff, he's a former student employee. Um, so it's pretty cool. Like we, we're like, we trained you up. You know, we, we stand by what the training we gave you. We're going to hire you. Um, so we've got a couple of those. We have a couple that have gone into the, into the actual stagehand local. Um, so it's pretty cool. Yeah. Sounds, yes. Well, what, what about you yourself? Um, it sounds like your family inspired you to this kind of career. Were you a performer or a stage hand in high school, or how did, how did that go for you? Sure. So I, um, I did a lot of band. I played trumpet. Uh-huh. Um, so I did that from middle school on, and then I was in stage crew in high school as well. 
um, so on the plays and things. And then um, when it came to college, I, I started doing drum corps and just really kind of doubled down in that. And I first went to school, thing I was going to music education. I was like, I want to be a music teacher. I think most band kids do. And um, <laughs> What high school did you go to? I went to Warren Central over oh, on the east side. Yes, mm-hmm. I know exactly where that is. Yep, yep. My uh, brother did too. He graduated from oh, there. Oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. It's a great place. My All my family went there too, so it's kind of a similar thing. <laughs> That's in the family too. Uh, yeah, right? Yeah, we're all east siders. Um, mm-hmm. And so from there... Um, it just really just kind of like evolved. So I was with the children's choir part-time. I was like, man, I really like this more so than what I'm doing in the classroom a little bit. So I transitioned into that and realized that, you know, this is what, I, this is what interests me. This is what I love. Mm-hmm. Well, considering your involvement in Clues Hall over the years, um, you must have frequently thought about how you would do things if you ever had this position, <laughs> what, your, what your vision was. So can you tell us a little about that? Yeah. Um, so the interesting thing is we merged the, the Schrott Center, which I was running, and Clues Memorial Hall together about three years ago to create one staff for this Butler Arts Center. Um, and so I spent two years as the number two of the complex before I, before our prior director left and I moved up. Um, so that whole two years was really spent, man, I would do this, this, and this, right? Um, and so when um, President Denko, you know, gave me the call, you know, we're interested in you being the interim and, and just going for this. I was like, well, I'm happy to do this, but I don't want to halfway do anything. If you're going to let me be interim, I'm going to run it how I think it needs to be run. Oh, and he good. said, go for it. So that was, you know, nice to hear from your boss. And, um, and I did. And so one thing that... I've been very big about is open communication across um, everyone on staff. Everyone knows where we're at financially. Everyone knows what shows we're bringing in. Everyone knows why we're not doing these specific shows. Everyone's on the same page. And I think that we've found that's been huge for us to make sure we all feel like we're part of the same team. There's no divisions like no, you get a lot of places and organizations you can get frustrations with your coworkers, right? We've, we've eliminated a lot of that. You're always going to have a little bit. Um, that's been very helpful. And then I've really wanted to double down on making clues a destination again. Uh-huh. I think um, there for a while in the um, leading up to the mid-90s, early 2000s, clues was a go-to place, I think. And then really when Marat got its going, really its foot under the ground, Live Nation really started getting shows in there, clues, clues struggled, um, both in getting shows and financially. So I'm trying to get us back to a point where we're in a solid foundation to be like a go-to place where if a show wants to come to town, they're coming to clues. Um, so I believe you said, Peggy, like there's not a bad seat in the house at Clues. There's there really, not. There really is. Can't say that for every theater in town, right? No. And so that's one thing that I try to like really get across to agents. Like, you know, they may be able to give you more money, but I'm going to give you a better experience so the artists are, are going to want to come back. So that's really how I try to sell us. Um, and so with that, we're looking at, at programming, make sure we're doing program that's for everybody. Um, the one thing that's been a big thing on my head is we're not a venue just for middle class white people. We're for everyone in the city, right? Right. And so how do we double down and make that authentic? And I think we're going to. Good. And yeah. you're going to be doing that through what process? Through ticket sales? Through how, 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 what's your strategy for this? Sure. So I really think it, it goes back to programming and who we're bringing through. through. Um, so I'll give you an example kind of like how November of this year is going to look. Uh, we're going to start the month off with an environmental speaker. Where then we're going to have a... Um, a C.S. Lewis play, screw tape letters, and then we're immediately going to go into a Bollywood show. That's one weekend. Bollywood? Yeah, so it's going to be pretty cool. <laughs> How fun is that? Yeah, yeah. And so then the when next. When you say a Bollywood show, are you talking about a live performance? Yeah. So it's a Bollywood yeah. review called Taj Express. Mm hmm. It should be pretty cool. Um, I don't, and so we actually do a fair amount of programming for the Indian communities in central Indiana. We've had great success with it. Um, no one else is doing it. So someone should be. You know, Again, we're, we're going to be the venue for everyone here in central Indiana. So that's just the first weekend of November. The following weekend, we'll follow up with Cece Winans. She's a gospel singer. Um, and then two days later, have um, Patton Oswald, a very liberal comedian. 
Um, the next weekend we'll have a kids show called Wild Kratz. And then the um, following that we will have um, Bella Fleck and the Flecktones. So we're getting, trying to make sure we're doing yes. something for everybody. So I think we're getting there. That Bella Fleck yeah. uh, show sounds very interesting yeah, to me. Yeah, should be good. I think now I understand when you said you wanted to make Butler Arts Center an authentic hub for arts programming. Yeah. Because everything you've mentioned really targets different audiences. Yeah, and it's all legit artists, too. It's not something that's been whitewashed or just out there to try to make money. It's actually, this is the real artist, and this is, when you come to Clues, you're seeing the real thing. I was thinking about how you might schedule those shows, and I assume that when you decide on um, a show, maybe you have some communication with other venues around here to make sure you're not duplicating something? Yeah, so um, all of us here in Indiana talk. It's called the Indiana Presenters Network. Um, so we meet up at conferences to make sure, you know, what where can what can we do together? So if someone in Chipshawana is bringing in this artist and I could bring them in here in Central Nan, someone, you know, another part of the state can make them in, but we're far enough away that makes sense, then, yeah, we definitely talk about that. Um, the nice thing is we're all pretty well spread out um, for a lot of the arts uh, providers, I guess I would say. And so you can pull conversation of arts programming versus entertainment programming and things like that. Um, but I think we, we are very collaborative in those ways, uh, particularly if you look at next weekend, Branford Marsalis is coming to town to Clues Hall, yes. and um, he's playing IU the night before. That's okay. You know, there's not going to be a big crossover. I mean, it's only 45 minutes away in a drive, really, but their audience wouldn't travel that really, so it's not too bad. Yes. Yeah. So you're not in direct competition, <clears throat> so you can be in direct collaboration. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It is pretty yeah. cool. It's very mm-hmm. exciting yeah. to hear. Yeah, it's yeah. To... And we all, we all meet up just to talk um, particularly here. at like, If you look at like the major um, universities that have art centers or arts venues of, mm-hmm. of our size, we all talk on a pretty regular basis. Um, so Ball State, Purdue, IU, and I. Mm-hmm. And just to make sure that, you know, what makes sense. Hey, I really want to bring in this artist. You guys want to put in an offer together so we have like a three-show offer for a weekend, things like that. Well, this is really vastly different from how art, uh, performing arts have been marketed in the past. Everyone's always fought over the, what they perceived as the same dollar. Yeah. That we're, we're trying to get the same audience. And what it sounds like, what's happening now in the marketing to the art world, is that you're just growing audiences and appealing to different cultural pockets and, and different people in different areas. Yeah, I think that's, that's totally the idea. Um, and I think, too, just with that, how much can we keep expanding and pushing? Um, so from my mindset, if anyone that wants to come to the town from an artist's perspective... Let's let's bring him to talent, see if it works. You know, as long as it's it's true and genuine, it's not so and so covers so and so. You couldn't sell that, but make sure it's a real show and they're doing the real thing. Hmm. Yeah. One of the things I noticed when I was kind of scanning the um, the website today is that uh, you have uh, an antique a vintage quilt show going on right we now. We do, yeah. And you know, yes. that's one of the things about Clues Hall that I think a lot of people don't know is that there's always some sort of an art show going on, visual art show. Yeah, it's pretty cool. This current quilt show is um, being run, put on by Colin K- Karen Colgazer. Um, she's fabulous. And she's, um, actually, it's a three-tier show. So right now it's looking at antique quilts. The next will be more like mid-century quilts. And then the final part will be current artists, like art quilts. So, um, it's really just taking the history of quilting over a course of uh, three exhibits. It's pretty cool. And where are these quilts? Are They're they hung in the lobby. Are uh, they? Yeah, so are we they actually to... hanging down? Yeah, so you can great. see both sides? They're not up against yeah, a wall? They're, they're against a wall, um, but in some places you can actually pull them back and check them out. How fun and, is um, that? Yeah, and then uh, Karen actually gave us some money to put in a high rail system. So when you walk into Clues, it's this giant lobby, right? Right. Um, so you actually can look up the wall, like halfway up the wall, and see quilts up there as well, too. 
It's really and, cool. And what did you say was used for that? Uh, called a high rail system. High rail system. Can yeah, you so give me some sort of a sure. visual on so what So we that? essentially made a, a theatrical line set up against the walls in the lobby. And so we can use that line set to pull the pipe down, put put some sort of art on it, and then pull it back up. So it's almost just like, like being on the yeah, stage I was going to say, or like backstage. It's exactly like backstage, but <laughs> yeah, just yeah. up in the lobby. And that lobby is an 80-foot lobby. So it's pretty cool to like see quilts hung up in them. It is. It's yeah. quite expansive there. Yeah. And then we, we rotate art exhibits just about once a month, um, except in the summer. We don't do a whole lot in the summer. Uh, but during the school year for sure and then we actually do that in the Schrott Center as well um, so James Kramer, he's our communication manager. He's been running the art program for a while now, and so he manages both spaces. Oh. It's really cool. And then uh, one cool thing in the Schrott Center in particular is we have these costumes on display from the Ballet Russe de Monte Carlo collection. Uh, Ballet Russe de Monte Carlo is one of the first major ballet companies, Russian ballet companies here in right. America, and they gave Butler all of their items at one oh point my. in history. That is amazing. <laughs> yeah. wow. so, I'll bet the costumes are spectacular. They're gorgeous. And so... Um, Bethany Danko, the president's wife, has taken on her mission to start restoring some of these. So we actually have six restored right now, and they're on display. And it's really cool doing the recruitment tours for potential dancers. And they walk down this hallway, and they, you know, they all freak out. It's pretty cool. Um, but there's been some great stuff in that collection. It's just nice to see it like getting life again. That is so interesting. I think that's kind of a little known fact. Yeah, you know that. I think mm-hmm. that that will appeal to a lot of people, and they will want to come just to, to see those things. Oh, that, for sure. Yeah, and then yeah. Uh, particularly, we've got some in front of a window too. So if we happen to be closed and someone drives yeah. by, at least they can pop in and see a couple of the dresses. So it's mm-hmm. pretty neat. Very interesting. Yeah. You know, I noticed too as I was looking over the website. You know, there are a lot of free programs as well as ticketed ones. So mm-hmm. some of those are Butler performers. Is that right? Correct. Um, so one thing we try to do with our new website is to make sure that there is, I'm calling it trickle-down marketing. I don't know if that's the right way to do it. But we spend a lot of marketing dollars and focus those on the touring shows, the shows that are ticketed that we need to make this much money to make to break even, that kind of thing. But if you go onto the website and say you want to go see the Indianapolis Chamber Orchestra, they'll also be tagged in there so you'll see like events. And those like events will be, hey, here's the Butler Orchestra, or here is this violinist over in the recital hall giving her senior recital. So that way we're getting marketing to these other events that are freebies when someone's really come there for a ticketed event that we spent money on the community to market. Ah. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. It's a great bolster for those students exactly. to in the recital or whatever they're exactly. doing. Exactly. And we've seen about a 20% uptick in the attendance at the free events because since we started doing that. That's interesting. Yeah, it's pretty That's cool. Do you, do you have any um, original performances by students? We do. Um, we don't do a lot of producing, uh, but there is some JCA does. So actually tonight over in the Schrott Center will be um, the Student Collaboratives event uh, where they actually these students all work together to create their own pieces. And it's going to be a medley. I think it's about seven performance productions that they put together over the course Musical? of the Musical? Um, yeah, it's, there's, it's, mixed. There's, it's dance, music, and... Um, um, art, visual art, all together in one in one form, and there's different pieces inside that show. So there is some producing like that, and then there is some larger scale student productions. Um, so we'll have our Butler Theater Department that will put on productions. Um, they're not necessarily created by themselves; they're producing another another work they're bringing to life. So it's pretty cool. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's very interesting. I was thinking about, so do you personally work with some of the students, some of the Butler students, or is that more done by some of your union workers, or how does that work? Yeah, it's everyone. Uh, it's all hands-on. I think the one thing we try to make sure is there, there's no real hierarchy and be afraid to talk to somebody in the art center, right? So the students know me all the way down to the custodians. And this way, too, um, 
we're all real people and it's all authentic that way. I think it's a team. Exactly. Um, I also do help with the venue management class on campus. Just come in and guest teach on like, here, here's how you put a show offer together. Here's how you make this, this work or here's what you do. Actually a really neat thing we do is, um, this ADA exercise where to make the students realize when you're working with someone that has disabilities, how to treat them and Ah. how to be, treat them like a human, how to be appropriate with them. Um, so we actually put students in wheelchairs and we give them 15 minutes to do a task and to realize how hard this is, you know, so why you need to have compassion and why you need to be helpful. And uh, it's like we, I teach that through the class and things like that um, just across the board to make sure that everyone's on the same page. So it's pretty I cool. love that. Yeah. I just think that's very, very respectful of everyone. Oh, exactly. So yeah. I appreciate that. That's and it's good. layered teaching. It, exactly. Not it sure only is. does it teach someone compassion and empathy for what someone's going through, but it's also a practical knowledge mm-hmm. when they're in there actually running a theater. Exactly. And they, they now know how hard it is to, for someone in a wheelchair to get from point A to point B, so they know how to help them best, too. Sure. It's pretty cool. That's a that's that's a lot of education in so many ways, and um, I appreciate that. Yeah. I think that's very good for the students and for the public. Yeah, I think Ed, Butler's big about experiential learning, and uh, this is just that in a nutshell, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool. You know, I read uh, also um, a little bit about you in President James, uh, is it Danko? Danko, yeah. Danko. Uh, Butler said that uh, it's a perfect job for you because it's in your blood. Yeah. And then it was cited the example of your father, Daniel, how he swept floors. And it was his first job. And got on a bicycle and went there. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It is very cool. I think yeah. he, I think the word moped was used. Yeah. <laughs> got on his yeah. moped and he did that. Right. So I wanted to bring that up because you have, you know, Donald, your grandfather, and Daniel, your dad. And now here's you, Aaron, yeah. carrying on the family tradition. So... Could you tell us a little bit about what might be planned in the 1920 season? Sure. Um, so I'll give you a little little talk there about what's coming up in November. Um, and it's going to be a lot more of that, I think. We're looking at a lot of um, what can we bring that's an experience. So not just like, here's a show, come because it's a big name, but come because this is your experience, something you can't elsewhere. And unfortunately, a lot of stuff contractually I can't admit, uh, put out there in the world yet. Um, but it's, it's very good. Um, on average, Clues does about 50 shows a year. We're going to be at 90 or so next year. Wow. Yeah. That's just Clues? Uh, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> that doesn't include <laughs> no, not, not just Shrott or anything else. No, that, that's the things Clues is presenting. Um, so it might be Clues presented in Shrott, uh, but the stuff financially is going to impact the university in a positive way. So it's pretty cool. Um, and all of those are, are shows I think are going to do well. I mean, we'll miss it here and there, as you always do. But it's going to be good. It's going to be an uptick. And again, like I'm trying to say we're trying to make Clues a destination again. I think we're on the, on the path. I think you are, too. Absolutely. I think so, too. It's pretty exciting. And as I looked through the um, list of events and what you've talked about for 2020, I, I'm excited and I want to come. Oh, good. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah, we're, we've also changed our announce model. Um, so we no longer have a traditional like art season where in come April, May, you announce, here's what I'm doing for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going more of this. Um, I want to be in your mailbox as much as I can, your email. So once a month into the month, I'm sending you an email saying, hey, here are three shows I'm announcing this month. And that'll be every month, including through the summer, through the school year, just so that way we're always kind of being relevant. And then as bigger shows come up, they have national announces, so they dictate when those are going to be. So those won't be on our end-of-the-month announces, but they'll be sometime else during the month. So ideally, you'll be getting an email from me twice a month, so hopefully not too much that you want to hit unsubscribe, but enough that you actually look forward to, hey, what's coming up? Um, I think we've, we've been doing this since January, and we've seen a lot of good success. 
And what's cool, it kind of goes back to that idea of trickle-down marketing, where this last one, uh, where we announced um, Bella Fleck um, and uh, Taj Express, on that email, we saw sales go up across the board on the website. Uh-huh. Um, so it's like, this is actually working. This is great. It's, it's, lo- it's wonderful when you get an idea and it works. Um, so it's, it's pretty cool to see. When I was growing up, Clues Hall was a destination. Yeah. And uh, it was had the biggest impact on me when it came to live performances. That and Starlight Musicals, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. which is now gone. But yes, I also, all through high school, went to all of those shows. And it sounds to me like you are moving back to that sort of model and brain set in that you want it to be a destination for kids, teenagers, young adults. Yeah, that's all the, all the way through. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, I'm a big fan of history, so I've been going back through like going... Who are the previous directors since we had started in 63, right? Oh, what do they do? What were their strategies? And we have records of almost all this stuff. We keep everything at Clues Hall. We have a beautiful file room that's just like everything stored. Everyone's like, by year. It's pretty nice. Um, to go back, okay, this is what worked in 67, but in 69, this stopped working. Okay, but in the mid-70s, we weren't doing as hot. So what did, how did we get out of that funk in the 80s to come back and to see what's replicable now? Um, and it's really interesting, too, as trends in marketing and what's popular change, the the inherent strategies don't actually like once you look at what what works strategically. So we're going back through that history and seeing, okay, where can we steal from that to make sure we're, we're we know this will work. Well, you know, um, I can't wait to get my emails from Aaron Hurt. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to be watching for those. And we thank you for being our guest today. It's been most interesting, and I've learned a lot. Well, thank you. This and was I'm going to wish you the best of luck. Appreciate I'll it. I'll be really pulling for you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. Good. Thank you. Thank Aaron. you. This has been Stage and Stuff. Interviews conducted by Peg Glover and Deanna Hinesley with commentary by Amy Scott and Shane Ray. This program has been presented by Duke Energy on WYRZ. Duke Energy says in the event a customer is unable to pay a past due bill, customer service specialists are available to discuss a customer's situation and provide assistance to meet the customer's specific needs. And customers who have more than 12 months of usage history at their current residence may qualify for one of the billing and payment plans that gives customers the option of levelizing monthly payments. Residential customer service specialists are available Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. by calling one 800 521-2232.